0: People just like you have taken the brave step to do this thing we call work differently. They tell their self-unlimited story to inspire and encourage you. Another story begins now. Today it's my great pleasure to be speaking with Alyssa. Welcome Alyssa. Hey, thank you Helen. Thanks for inviting me. Alyssa and I met, I don't know if you remember this, but it was about a decade ago when you were the member of a team for which I was facilitating a team development workshop. And we've stayed in contact over those years because I've enjoyed the fact that you're a fan and an advocate for Self Unlimited and you you wonderfully contributed an article to the Self Unlimited collection a few years ago. And I wanted to have a chat with you today because I'm fascinated by your story about how you've got creative writing going on in a workscape where writing and creative stuff isn't really what your day job is. So tell us about what's going on in the world of Alyssa. I actually
1: recently just changed jobs um this is due to a redundancy from the previous job so very unplanned and i'm still trying to get used to it it's 2 months in yes and yes uh trying to navigate new job and still trying to find writing time because as you mentioned it's not you know it's it's not in my everyday I mean I write speculative fiction you know where there's monsters and aliens and (laughs) there's no monsters and aliens in my day-to-day
0: job and interesting there might be people like well (laughs) interesting you should say that but I could identify a few (laughs) aliens around here or or for some monsters or maybe that alien theory explains some of the behavior we're seeing
1: (laughs) it's actually quite good for you to ask me this question you know before this podcast because you you said yes you know my day-to-day workscape doesn't really directly require writing
0: or was it maybe technical writing because i don't know if you recall but in that workshop that we did there was a question back and with the whole team i can see you laughing on the other end there was a question i asked the whole group and i think there was about 15 people in the group about how they like to receive communication and it turned out in the group of 15 you had played a key role in communicating to them and had been communicating in a particular style and i remember i got everybody in the room to line up in a line and you were at one end and all of the 14 people were at the other end in terms of what their preferences were. Do you remember that? I remember
1: you asked, do you like a verbose email or a detailed email with paragraphs or you want a short, sweet email, short and sweet
0: email? But well, it was also about it was about with... visuals, about yeah. like, do you want it in visuals or do you want it in words? And I was in the verbose, very long email
1: side, and the visual and (laughs) short and sweet. Everyone else was on the other side. Yep, that was yeah, that was a moment. I guess that's when we
0: knew that I was a writer. (laughs) Um, Links into our day job sometimes, doesn't it? Our hidden talents.
1: (laughs) I guess I've always liked stories and narratives, and it might not be directly related to what I do during the day, but in terms of how I gather, you know, what I do to kind of have my day-to-day job feed my writing and then my writing helping feed my day-to-day job as well. So it's kind of like, you know, that symbiotic relationship because now on my day-to-day, I have to negotiate, I have to try and influence um, different groups of people. And I use my storytelling skills mm. to try and do that.
0: But uh, be fair you know. to say, too, the people that you're influencing are in a product development, technology, technical yes. type of space. So they're not people that are like, yes, I love the arts. Bring it on. No,
1: not at all. <laughs> Definitely mostly technical people who talk cloud and databases and APIs integration computer code uh they're, they're very, very structured very
0: much... black and white thinking don't really use yes. imagination in this
1: yes but you know even even those groups of people their sense of wanting to be a hero or wanting to be a rock star yeah. can be yeah, drawn true. upon to try and
0: influence Yeah. So I also recall in the time that we've known each other, you've always been somebody who would do something more in your workscape, that your workscape was always broader than just the day job that you had. And at one point, it was kind of an entrepreneurial thing where you were (laughs) looking at developing a product. What was the switch and what happened around the switch that it became writing that you decided writing was this other thing you wanted to give time to creative writing?
1: I think it's always been there. And the time, time just wasn't one of the things that I put as rules, you know, yes. for, mm-hmm. for my day-to-day. But that's a really, really big learning through mm-hmm. the pandemic, you know, pandemic period where a lot of us have realized, oh, if we had time, this is what we would have done. Yes, a lot of people bake sourdough. I started writing. So, <laughs> were
0: you uh-huh. not writing before the pandemic? Do you associate the pandemic as the creating the context in which your writing could come into greater consideration?
1: Yeah, I, I, well, whenever I would catch a train, I would always try and write and I would get frustrated because I didn't finish something or I had an idea and I lost it um, because Mm. there'd be a work call or something like that or something else would distract me. But yeah, during COVID just gave a little bit of that time to really sit down for blocks of time and also gave me the resources to Mm. actually study creative writing so I did study creative writing um, in open universities it was the course I think University of Liverpool that I did for one semester and yeah since then I have studied different courses in writing and different angles on which type of writing and it's not
0: just been studying you've been producing writing that's been published too
1: Yes. I never really thought I would be someone wanting to publish right away. I thought it would be something where I'd study for ages, just like, you know, studying technical things, you know, it takes a while. But yeah, that's the amazing thing about the creative process. It can be a very instant feedback loop, or it can be a long feedback loop, depending on, you know, your choice. And Mm. yeah, I kind of dipped my both feet in the water and said yeah okay I'm going to be brave and um submit to different publishers and had a few works published mostly poems Mm -hmm. and yeah a short story about the not too distant future it won a prize in a writer's competition yeah so that I was read nice.
0: that story and I just thought it was so clever because I read a lot and I read a lot of science fiction so sometimes I'm that kind of person like yeah I kind of figured out where this was going and you surprised me I, I, I <laughs> got a surprise there was a twist and I'm not going to give any more information I can put a link to the story but there was a point where like oh, you got me Alyssa good one. <laughs> oh, that's so great to hear <laughs> particularly because It was a short story form, and I think in a short story you don't have a lot of words that you can have to set up the situation and then to have the story go on a kind of journey and at a point that you build a certain expectation to be able to then twist it. Maybe I shouldn't have even told people there was a twist. (laughs) Yeah, uh,
1: well, yeah, that was really, really fun to write, definitely and definitely covid writing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so have you been doing more writing recently?
1: Um not recently because as I mentioned I started a new job and yeah it it's taken a lot of my mental energy for yeah. the past 2 months so I've been in this new role for 2 months so going back into managing technical delivery teams. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it's a new industry, industry that I've never worked in before. So definitely uh, needs a lot of my concentration for that more than nine to five. Because as you mentioned, you know, um, my workscape isn't just a nine to five, but also the downside of that is I don't also let go after five o'clock. And yeah, so that's been like that for the last two months. But yeah, no, I'm looking forward to having a little bit of, one day, one of this weekend to write. Um, Is that how
0: you do it? Because you are a mother with teenage children. Mm. How how do you kind of fit it into your world, this writing thing? You mentioned about being on a train previously and catching some time then. If I was to kind of look at a week of Alyssa, not maybe now where you've got the challenging job situation, but going back, where would writing literally fit into the week?
1: Yeah, I have to be really creative. It was either between 10pm to 2am at Mm -hmm. night, or I'm waking up early in the morning after my because I do meditation and yoga in the morning. And then if there was inspiration, I'll do a quick writing. And then yeah, on the train, keep writing again. But that was the before times.
0: (laughs) And where does Um, the inspiration come from?
1: Out everywhere, mostly work. I write a lot of characters about work. Actually, I love this. Being My creative writing and my day-to-day isn't directly related, but for me, it actually is because the way that I build relationships in wherever I work, it really, really depends on the values, you know, my own values and the kind of people I want to meet, and I love it being in a new job, meeting all these really cool people. So the other day I was having coffee with this woman. Her role is called content strategist. I have no idea what she does. So I asked her for
0: coffee. I love that curiosity about you. I think that's probably something that's really great for the product delivery work you do, but essential for the creative writing. Yes. So we just had coffee and then I asked her how she
1: got into this work. What does she actually do? And then as it turns out, she used to work for publishers and she loves speculative fiction. And then we just started talking about our favorite writers, Ursula Le Guin, N.K. Jemisin, Margaret Atwood, and we were just gushing, you know, over, mm. you know, this writing, and then she asked me for my work, so I shared with her the story that you already read, so yeah, so I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I'm in this finance corporate organization, but now I know someone who might be able to help me publish, yay, <laughs> so, so those kind of relationships, definitely. Um, yeah, you just, you tend, with creative people, you tend to kind of want to embrace the different energies and mm. the different vibes. So that's what I tend to do. I When there's a Friday night drinks or something in the building, I'll go and attend it and just look around and go, oh, who will be the, you know, interesting person to talk to? And yeah, just listen to their stories and then incorporate that to the story I'm writing. <laughs> right on I've heard day, of
0: so. it been like creative writing activities in the sense of listening to conversations on a public transport and you might overhear a little bit and it's like okay as the exercises you know continue writing the dialogue and I've not been a creative writer person like that I write poetry but not stories and I (laughs) haven't done poetry for a while but I do recall at different times when I've had that in the back of my mind and I've been sitting on a tram or a train and listening thinking wow where would I take that conversation (laughs) that just is kind of like well my goodness what am i listening to what's the backstory <laughs> there
1: yes oh i haven't um listened to any uh, you know interesting conversations unfortunately everyone's on their phones now looking down and everyone's got their headphones and stuff so yeah i have to go and actually use the conversations I have at work Mm. where I can, yeah, I can get to know people. But yeah, there can be interesting stuff happening there too, (laughs) with little snide comments. And you're like, oh, what do they mean by that?
0: (laughs) Mm. Well, I wonder too, whether it helps sort of, because you were talking about how there's a flow to work and from work with the creative writing. Whether it has a way of creating a bit of empathy in terms of, oh, so this person, I'm hearing this conversation going on and I heard this snide comment where somebody might be, oh, that's terrible. Somebody shouldn't talk that way with the creative mind. Oh, I wonder what their story is you know yeah. what, what's what's going on in the background? <laughs> yes, how did they come to be like this? <laughs> Why do they think like this about the world? <laughs> yes, yes, well, I know one of the fascinating conversations you and I had over time was me actually hearing your true backstory of being a child growing up in the Philippines and the things yeah. that happened to you, and there was a point where I'm like oh, wow, I mean, forget the fictional side of stuff. Just the story of Alyssa from a fact point of view is pretty amazing, which was, wasn't was really for you to share on this call if you didn't want to, but I think it speaks to a way of processing things that go on around the world and having moments to step back and go, okay, so that happened. Uh, what sense do I make of that? What do I want to do with that in the future? And I, I think sometimes our past can be a channel for the stories we might want to create, literally, in a piece of creative output, but also in terms of thinking of ourselves as humans, as a story that's constantly being edited and written.
1: Yes, definitely. We're all walking stories. I actually, most of my stories were drawn from the past, with a little mask of speculative fiction. So yeah, the the monsters and the aliens and the androids that I write definitely are based on some of the characters in my past. And yeah, you're right. It is about making sense of what happened. And it's really funny because I um, attended a writer's retreat recently and it was um, maybe about 12, 15 group of women and we've never met each other before some of us have met each other from previous year or from online you know chatting online because I'm part of some Australian community of writers yeah. and yeah there's women it's really funny I was the only technical person yes <laughs> but
0: most of them were psychologists and psychiatrists right. <laughs> So some people that you think, gosh, you are deep in the human character and it's like, you they have a lot
1: of stories. They have a lot of very interesting stories. So yes. I kind of feel like, you know, at some point of the retreat, it's like, go lend me some of your stories. I don't have all these stories. Tell me some of yours. Um, But yeah, they definitely have a lot to say about the different human dimensions mm. they can definitely describe the pain and the the process of trying to get rid of pain or mm. mask pain all of that and yeah it's really good conversations to have from them as well and yeah and then I get to get asked technical questions <laughs> so-
0: Well, that's one of the things in terms of when we think of the workscape of self-unlimited, like relationships that Mm. people tend to think, oh, the relationships I might need to navigate and maintain are the ones at work. And I think by adding something else in your workscape, like writing, there's other relationships to build and develop. I mean, like you said, there was a crossover point with that conversation with the content strategist. But I imagine not only the fact that you've decided you're going to build relationships with these network of people and go on these retreats, that's both a consideration for you then about that's time away from the family, that's cost that is coming out of something and you're not doing it because you're expecting to get some financial return of, well, now that I do this, I'm making a transition to one day I'm going to be a full-time writer and make lots of
1: money. (laughs) I mean, where does that story fit for you? The way that I think about it is that it definitely is an investment on me, on on myself. As I mentioned before, it's all interconnected. You know, whatever I'm learning from these writing retreats, I definitely can find a way to use that in my day-to-day work. But it's self-care. It is investing on myself. And I think... Since I started writing, I've been a much better person, much better mom, definitely, because there's no more of that frustration. There's no more of that, I'm just going to go mindlessly stare at the TV or anything like that because I don't know what to do with myself. Now it's very intentional, okay? I'm going to be working from this to this and I'm going to spend time with family and then when they're all asleep, I'll go and write. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's more... Intentional way of living. And of course, that would then flow into the day to day job because Mm. all of my conversations, it's not on the monetary level, but for me, relationships, we gain and benefit from it both ways. Mm. know for every conversation I'd like to think if you know there's new people that I'm working with when they speak with me they're learning something because it's a totally different perspective Mm. that they haven't heard of before I ask questions that they would not have you know expected or thought about because Mm. it, it was a different perspective and it's a perspective that I would have gained from doing the writer's retreat because the psychologists and the psychiatrist group <laughs> made
0: me think that way you know? well just um, even I think something uh, yeah. diversifying the people that we are yeah. hearing mm-hmm. and seeing with is just great in terms of wow there's a bigger world out there and at one level people are using different words than me which I imagine in fictional writings quite useful to think yes I've got this character what words would I put in their mouth that don't come from me but also uh, from a how is it that people are seeing the world and interacting with the world in ways that might be, gosh, I never thought that there were people who were doing that or caring about those sorts of things. Gosh, there's something in that for me. That's right. Yeah. It's uh,
1: yeah. I hope that, yeah, that's what I'm bringing in to both sides and Mm. yeah. writers can also be a little bit focused on what they're writing. Do expand on that. It can be. be. (laughs) But yeah, there's just different genres and it's really funny being in the writing community to know mm. that yeah, there's there's the memoir writers, they're a little bit different. Yes. There's the, <laughs> there's the drama fiction writer, they're different as well. And there's the YA writers, oh yes, they're very different. <laughs> yeah, there's different groups, you know, mm. different subcultures that yes. you
0: you know discover as well when you... <laughs> mm. I imagine that would be fascinating (laughs) because I I know you and I have had some conversations in the past about organizational culture, that seeing these different cultures in these different uh, little groups would be quite insightful for you as well.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. And yeah, what really drives for those groups. It's not just really, when you think about it, is it really the common interests or is it more out of the benefit for it? Is it something that what's in it for me kind of thing? Yeah, it's always um, interesting to kind of explore, oh, why are these people all close together outside of being a team? So yeah, I do, I study that a lot when yes. yeah, whenever I'm joining a new organization. <laughs>
0: Well, you mentioned the phrase speculative fiction, and I've got two questions for you. One, what is speculative fiction? But two, it kind of occurs to me that, as you say, you come into an organization, it's almost like, up, I have a speculative culture. I'm <laughs> speculating on what the culture might be and how I might be in this culture. Yes. Yeah. That's actually what speculative
1: fiction is. We speculate about the future. We speculate. It's like the what if scenarios. Yeah. And then under that umbrella is the pure science fiction. So very tech focused what yes. if scenarios or uh, different worlds. What if there were humans or other beings in other worlds? What mm-hmm. scenario? So they've renamed that speculative fiction.
0: Okay. That, I wasn't yeah. aware of that. I'm a huge sci-fi fan, both in the mm-hmm. stories that get created that we get seen on television and also the characters in books. And for me, one of the things that I particularly love about them is the wholeness of a world that you can step into, whether there's a kind of a whole mythology that Mm. hangs together in terms of there's a group of people and then there are families and there are friends and there's relationships Mm. and these things that they hold to be true that are so far removed from our understanding and being human on the planet. And it kind of creates a situation where I feel like I'm being taken off planet earth To look back on Earth and see Earth in an entirely different way. And and, and particularly when you see humans who are interacting with these aliens who Mm. are taking a view of like, well, this is how the world is. And you have to stop and think, no, this is how the world is, according to being human. And now there's somebody else I have to maybe establish diplomatic relations with or be neighborly with who thinks nothing like me.
1: There's a really great short story, actually, by Ted Chiang called what might have happened or something like that and has been um adapted into movie and it's okay. called Arrival oh okay um, i've seen the
0: movie arrival but i didn't realize it was based on a book
1: it's a science fiction novella called story of your life mhm so that kind of writing where you try and communicate to aliens mm-hmm and the ending of it, the way that he explored and exposed that language really definitely shapes the way that we think Mm. and shapes the way that we also evolve.
0: Mm. And the way, what surprised me particularly about that story was that we think in a linear time form. And it's not only just like, oh, well, we use these words, how we think. It's like, no, no, there's this bigger thing about how we Mm. think about time and our place in time. And that movie puts a huge twist on that.
1: Yes, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. I
0: do remember in that because I love language and I love words. And and one of my minors in my university studies was linguistics. And to watch this woman with her linguistic behavior, look at those circles, like things being drawn and recognize that that circle with the lines could be seen as a sentence with vocabulary and syntax. And there's a point where my mind's like, and why not? I mean, that's one of the things I love about speculative fiction and these sorts of things is it puts a hypothesis on the table of something that I don't have to necessarily say, is it real or is it not? But what if it was that Does that make me see what I currently see now as something different? Yeah. And maybe I view it for possibilities I haven't seen and opportunities I haven't seen in the present as well as a, okay, let me hold and more open view of the future for Mm -hmm. things that could happen that I might have thought, no, that's never going to happen.
1: Yeah. And that's why I like writing it because yeah, Mm -hmm. it is always that room to grow yeah you know that room to keep exploring, and it's not a black and white thing, mm. and then you just kind of leave it there and it's like kind of like a trophy, and that's never gonna change, and you just keep looking at it, whereas if you look at speculative fiction, it's all very fluid and moving, and it can take different shapes, you know mm. different days, different times, different dimensions, so yeah. That's why I like it, rather than writing a memoir, where once you write it, yep,
0: it's there, it's it's codified. <laughs> so I'm trying to imagine your day in that you've had them yoga in the morning. Uh, you've probably gone to work. You've come home and dealt with family things, and family are off to bed, and it comes to ten o'clock at night. How do you kind of switch your mind into this other kind Mm. of world and process where now I'm going to write? I mean, is the writing at that point like I'm now giving these hours and there's a page in front of me and it doesn't matter what I write. I just need to get the writing flowing.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's perfect. The way that you just described it. I call it panning for gold. So the way that I write, and I don't think all writers are the same, but a lot of writing is like this where you have to get rid of what's at the front of your consciousness and then after a while then your you know whatever subconscious or the non-logical thinking part turns up or mm. you know you've just exhausted the logical thinking mm. and I can see it I will just write paragraphs and paragraphs and then out of nowhere, it will just come out and it'll be like a really great phrase or a really great metaphor or, you know, it sounded lyrical and poem. And then I'll stop and I go, oh, yeah, that's that's a good one. Mm -hmm. I'll go and go off into that tangent. Mm -hmm. But also because I have been part of um, writing communities and I've been writing courses, I have prompts. So I have daily prompts that I have to answer to it also depends on the kind of person you are. I'm a person that likes deadlines. Yeah, it, yeah, it makes me, (laughs) makes me work, you know, uh, at a timely manner. Mm. So where I have communities that I joined where there's, you know, a prompt given to you and you only have 24 hours or 48 hours to Mm -hmm. write a 500 or a thousand words and stuff. And, And then you get to submit that if you end up liking what you wrote, you submit that to literary journals or science fiction journals and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's how it goes.
0: (laughs) I'm imagining with that too comes the need to have Maybe I'm going to say tools, but that's probably a little bit odd that it's like you've got lots of different lists around in terms of like, here's all my half finished pieces of things I've written that may have possibilities. And here's my ideas for characters. And here's my ideas for dialogues that you've got to collect all this somewhere.
1: Yeah, uh, you should see my Google Docs. <laughs> in my Google Docs, I have a folder called writing stuff. And under Very the... explanatory. Yes. <laughs> Under this writing stuff, I have daily writing journals, so I do write every day, and that's where I pan for the gold, is yes. keep writing. It usually starts with, I woke up today, and I had this dream, and I was thinking about it until I was on the train. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it usually starts. Oh, my 16-year-old annoyed me today. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I can um, see why it's the panning for the gold. I had a, um, yes. in a while who used to be a literal gold panner and watch him with, you know, all of the soil and dirt and the water and you how know, you'd have to get the water over and over again yep. until the, the gold comes up. So, yeah, it's very, very boring
1: journal writing and yep. then all of a sudden there's something. And so there's writing journals and then there's all of the publications that I submit to and then there's an ideas folder. There's... Mm-hmm editing right now folder yes so I think at the moment I have about 12 stories I'm editing mm-hmm. uh, here and there and they vary from 500 to 10,000 yes. word stories and it depends on what's open calling for submissions which one I edit and then which one I submit they get rejected it, you put it back to the editing, you re-edit it, and you submit it. I think from all of the writers that I speak with and the ones who submit short stories to different literary journals, they usually aim about 40 rejections a month.
0: Wow. Now, it occurs yes. to me, I don't know to <laughs> put myself in a situation with so much rejection coming yeah, out. How yeah. do you handle that?
1: Well, you don't have an ego as a writer. You you don't kind of go, Oh, I've just written the best story ever. Um, <laughs> you kind of submit it and go, I hope someone likes it. No, <laughs> someone likes it and actually want to you know, to share it with everyone. Um mm. it's a very subjective thing. Yes. It doesn't mean that your story gets rejected by one literary journal that the other literary journal will have will feel mm. the same way. I had stories that were rejected well, yeah, I don't know, 20 times. And then this literary journal, I resubmit it to the same literary journal. You know, I, I recycle. And then all of a sudden they like it because I just tweak something, you know. It, it, the well, maybe it was just the right line. time. Yeah. And also if they have themes on the month and, you know, they already have an idea of what kind of stories they want for that month. Yeah, you you need to see rejection, not as a failure, but as an achievement that, if you had 40 rejections Mm -hmm. in a month that means you were editing and you were rewriting that many Mm. stories that many times per month and that's a good thing
0: Mm. it occurs to me too there's an element of self-knowledge and self-awareness both from the point of view of if you're gonna do this work you are drawing from yourself and your life experiences so you kind of got to have that relationship with self but also too in doing this work, it's going to have an impact on self. So you better be taking care of self.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's why you need yoga. You <laughs> need you need the writing retreats. It really helps if you're in a writing community because everyone just supports each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's the I guess what I definitely can say now as part of my values is that I am not competitive I'm Mm. more a person that thrives in a very supporting environment Mm. and writers are very supporting Mm. you know community there's no rivalry or anything like that that's lovely everyone's just like Oh, that's great that you wrote, you know, five words today. You can do it. And everyone just been very supportive. Which yeah. could
0: be, I imagine, quite a contrast to the collegial environment in your day-to-day job.
1: Yes, that's one thing. I think there's a bit of dissonance there mm-hmm. because finance, corporate environment can tend to be competitive. Mm-hmm. And I see that in the culture where people yeah. need it to always be seen and be heard and I don't need to speak when you know if I don't feel like I need to Mm. speak I don't and it has crossed my mind that maybe that might be seen as something else yeah that's where the mental exhaustion might be coming from Mm. at the end of the day because yeah there's that bit of misalignment of my value Mm. and who I am as a person
0: yeah one of the things I take from that is that if somebody sees themselves as having a workscape that has different parts to it, like for you, there's the day-to-day job and the finance corporate organization, and there's the writing on the side. If one part of your workscape is not giving you what you necessarily need, like, gosh, I would really like to do something creative, or I would really like to be in a highly collegial environment, many times people think, oh, if they're they're only seeing their workscape as their day-to-day job, then they look and think this job is terrible. I have to leave. Whereas if they went, actually I have some needs I want, maybe I can't get them in the day-to-day job, but maybe there's something else I can do on the side and get those other needs met there. So I'm not having to put at risk financial security or continuity of a job, or I don't have to reject my technical skills.
1: Yes, definitely. It, Helps. There are days where where I'm like, oh yeah, you know, (laughs) it would be great if I'm if I'm just a writer. But I can definitely see the value in having a workscape outside of the day to day because it gives me uh, a bit more patience in myself Mm -hmm. and in the situation, and it does. I don't take things that personally as well mm. because for me yes you know this is my day today I have other things to do after this mm. and yeah coming back to how a writer would think is that instead of being annoyed at a behavior or a reaction to something I'll be curious and I'll be like I wonder why they're like this
0: why and I might be able to put that in the story <laughs> thank you for that fuel for my creative talents yes (laughs) so yeah it
1: definitely helps having something else outside of the workscape Mm. yeah the bigger workscape as you said definitely
0: as we come to a close, if there was somebody who's listening to this thinking, oh, I've always had a little secret wish to do something creative on the side, and I'm maybe a little bit inspired by what I'm hearing from Alyssa, what advice would you have for them for making that initial transition to get them going?
1: Definitely just get involved. There's the Australian Writers' Centre. There's a writing community there that can, you know, they can join right away. I know it's really hard, it was hard for me to kind of go, oh, I'm writing, I'm I'm in a course, I'm writing, what now? And those kind of communities are the ones that kind of push me to go mm-hmm. and do something else with my writing. Also figure out what kind of writer, you, you know, you are. Um, mm. When I started writing during COVID times, I thought I was just going to write poetry and I thought I was going to write memoirs. And look at me, I'm writing speculative
0: fiction now. (laughs) I I love that because I think some people think until I've got it figured out what I'm going to do, I can't take the steps. And what I'm hearing is you're saying, just find a community of people and start exploring because even if you did have an idea, chances are that idea could change quite differently once you're amongst that community and seeing what's possible. Yes,
1: definitely. And, you know, what you're leading towards or attracted towards, you know, in terms of mm. writing, it doesn't mean because uh, we love reading science fiction didn't doesn't mean that that's what you're going to be writing as well. I know mm. in my writing community who love science fiction, but they write romance. But yeah, it's amazing. It, it can be, yeah writing can be anything but yeah i'm quite happy to also provide links to society of women writers victoria australian writer center yeah. uh, there is also a global one called writers hq who <laughs> help with literary journal submissions so yeah okay. i can definitely
0: provide those links <laughs> if anyone was interested great great well listen it's been so wonderful talking and hearing all about the story thank you <laughs> Thank you so much, Helen. It's so great chatting as usual. Workscapes are changing everywhere. For more goodness to change your workscape, visit www.beSelfUnlimited.com.